Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. We're continuing this series on relationships, fragile, please handle with care. And I think if we were all honest, we could all admit that relationships can be tricky. Amen? They can be fragile. One day they're going great, the next day it's like something has shifted and it's like what the heck is going on. The first week that we launched this series, I talked about handling relationships with wisdom because relationships matter. They really, really matter to us. And so we want to handle them with wisdom and God's given us some principles. Last week, Pastor Tim talked about handling relationships and, and with care, acknowledging that the transformational power of God wants to meet us in our relationships. And this week, I want to talk about handling Handling relationships respectfully. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but this whole idea of respect or even people knowing how to properly respect and honor one another, it's kind of a, it's kind of a rare commodity in our 2020 world. That's just the truth. And so the anchoring verse of this message, and I want all of us to understand this today, is out of 1 Peter. And, and Peter is writing to the church of Jesus Christ and writing to us. And he's addressing something. He's encouraging them to be strengthened in areas in their relationships. And this is what Peter writes and what God actually is saying to us through Peter. Show proper respect. Say respect. To everyone. Now say everyone. Now tell someone that means everyone. Go ahead and tell them. That means everyone. Okay, good. Love the family of believers. That's us. Fear God. And honor the emperor. At the time this was written, there was an emperor ruling. And so Peter really was, wanted them to understand that they needed to show proper respect to everyone. Because respectfulness is a key in healthy relationships. That's how you handle them with care. You apply respect. And the reason why God was telling them that they, that through Peter and telling us that they need to handle the relationships with respect is because the reality is this, there are times in our relationships that we do not handle them with respect. Amen? You're like, yeah, yeah amen. Oh, okay. Let, just to show hand, hands here, let's just be honest and real in church today. Has anyone here ever been disrespectful towards another person that you were in a relationship with? Raise your hand. Friend, spouse, okay, all right, okay, all right. So your amen should have been a lot louder just a minute ago. Just so, just so you're aware. And so here's the reality. Some people say, no, Jason, that's not right. What really needs to happen is that people around me need to be more, they, they need to be more worthy of respect before I respect them. Or some people will think, you know, the problem, Pastor Jason, which I don't know if you're aware of, Pastor Jason, the problem with my, with my relationships is, is, is usually the other person. That's usually the problem. So just so you're aware, if that's the case for you, you don't really understand what the real problem is. It's you. And so here's the truth about our relationships. And I don't mean to make light of any of this, but if I just don't shoot straight to the point, we'll leave here the same as when we came. The reality is this, our emotional responses towards people, our reactions, our attitudes, all of those are, that one, they're subjective, but also they're subject to our values that we have picked up along the way. They're subject to how we were raised. 
It's subject to what we, what we were taught is appropriate, how to respond to people and how do we say things to people. And, and the reality is this, we have issues and life experience that have shaped who you are today. And just so you're aware, you were shaped by other people who were broken as well. So all of us are on a journey of asking God to bring us a sense of peace and to bring us and to teach us some, some of these principles so that we can step in and live healthy relationships. Who we are has been shaped by our parents, been shaped by maybe our siblings, How we respond to one another is shaped by experiences in grade school or junior high or high school. Or here's the reality. A lot of the things that we have in our hearts and how we respond from them and out of them is because of pain that we've experienced. But here's the beautiful thing about being a follower of Jesus is that we're not left alone to figure things out with our own experiences. That the word of God shapes us, encourages us, and lays out how we are to live our lives. And then here's the beautiful thing about the word of God. Then the word of God affirms that you don't have to do it alone. This isn't about you trying harder. This is about you surrendering more to the Lord so he can bring the healthy relationships in your life that all of us actually desire. And the truth is this, is that none of us were ready to ever step into a relationship. Everybody say amen to that. None of us are ever ready. It's kind of like having kids. If you're like, you know what, we're just going to wait till we can afford to have kids. You're never going to have kids because you can never afford it. You just, you just have them and then God meets you. Where Same way with relationships. Like, you, we, we come from this broken areas of how we process and how we say things, how we see people, and, and, and we step into relationships. We're broken. They're broken. We're doing our best to, to walk them out and under the grace of God. But none of us are ready. It's kind of like, you know, like here, here's the crazy thing. Like, we give 16-year-olds licenses and keys to drive 2,000-pound cars. They're never ready. Like, like, and we aren't either stepping. It's very similar. Like even for, for a kid, six feet less, we can't, we can't trust them to follow up and clean their room, let alone check their blind spot, right? But sometimes you just got to say, Lord, help them. And you just send them out, just, just go with them. And then you, you sneak a little app on their phone so you can really track what they're doing. But let's just be honest, parents. <laughs> I, oh, if I just blew it for you, I'm so sorry. But the same way with relationships, we're never ready. We never, we never are like, oh, I got this. No, I got it. We just got to start walking it out. Just got to start figuring it out. So for today, for today it's important we understand that, that God's saying through his word that respect towards one another is very important in us growing together. All of us have positive attributes of your personality. Some of us have negative attributes of your personality. But, but the reality is this. God wants to shape us. And so, so let, let's just begin to step into this. So reasons to handle our relationships with respect. Number one, that, that, why do we do it? Because it, one, it helps us measure our relationship with God. Well, what do you mean, Jason. I just, I just who I am, my personality, I'm just, it's just, I'm just rude. That's just how it is. I just tell it like it is. Okay, but you need to understand, First John says this, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And just let me, if this is a new information for you, then, then let it be. But love looks like something. It looks like something. It's not a word. They're actions. 
And so how do you know if you're following God? Look at your relationships. Look at them. Are you responding respectfully? Are you being respectful in how you treat people in your life? And so, I, so these, these people who are close to you, that you are in real relationships with, if you were to ask them, am I respectful towards you, what would their response be to you? So this is, a, this is a good understanding of why should I be respectful. One, it helps us to measure, how am I doing in my relationship with God? Now, most people will say, you know what, Jason, but you don't understand. You don't know, you don't run with the people I run with. None of them are respectful. None of them are respectable. I just want you to think for a moment so, how many here have ever earned God's respect? And yet, he still responds to you out of an honoring, respectful way. You are respectful towards others, and here's the kicker, not because of who they are, but because of who you are, because you know God. So many times we judge our reactions based off the other person versus, no, 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 no. This is about who I am, the kingdom of God. That you, when you give your life to Jesus, you step into the family of God. Your last name is changed. Your legacy is you step from one, one inheritance into another inheritance. You become royalty. The way you respond, the way you act, the way you think changes. We carry God's last name. You were brought in to to God's family. You were adopted. And that's why Romans says, out of uh, chapter 8, says this, the spirit you received, you received a spirit, something happened in you, brought about your adoption to sonship or daughtership. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. So the reason why we respond biblically to people in our lives is not because of who they are, it's because of who we are. It's quiet in here. When you came to Christ, your last name changed. When you came to Christ, you respond to people because of who you are. And let me, be, let me just challenge you today. Never allow your, your earthly last name, experience, family, family name be an excuse for your behavior. You are a Christian and a follower of Jesus Christ. He is our example and he has offered us the power of the Holy Spirit to help us live out what it means to represent him on this earth. You, listen, you can have all the right doctrines. That's good. You can have all the right beliefs, that's great. You can memorize all the scriptures, that's awesome. You can read the Bible three times a year, front, front to back, and you can tell everybody about it. But if your words are not respectful, you don't have any influence or impact. Jesus was gracious with people, and he's our example. He protected people's dignity, and he's our example. We live in a world that people, and even in the church, are constantly trying to tear people down. It is a world system. They're always trying to embarrass other people, always trying to pin people to the wall, always trying to call people out, always trying to make people feel less. You know what that's called? It's called disrespectful. Respect and love and kindness, they're just not words. They're actions of your life. They're how you live. Jesus set the example of how to deal with people, people that are wrong, people that have wrong belief system, people that are, that are gay, people that are prostitutes, people that, that aren't yet under the submission of Jesus Christ. He showed us how. In Jesus' day, there was legitimate issues 
they were dealing with. On one occasion, there was this lady who had been caught in adultery. She'd been caught red-handed in adultery. And she was thrown at Jesus' feet by people who knew the Bible, people who studied the Bible. They knew the right things to say. They knew the Bible, but they didn't know the spirit of the one who wrote it. They didn't know the author. They knew the words, but they lacked to know the author. They had all the doctrine. And the first thing Jesus said was protect this woman's dignity. He showed respect to her. He said, let him who was without sin be the first one to throw a stone. And guess what? They all walked away. And then in privacy, he had a one-on-one conversation with this woman and he dealt with her sin. He didn't ignore her sin. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't go to everybody else. Hey, did you know that so-and-so did this? Hey, did you do this? Do you know that they're guilty of this? Did you know this woman over here? She, he didn't do that. He was a respectful person because of who he was. Because he, was, he stepped out of heaven and he was representing what it means to be a royal priesthood. And he addressed her in a respectful way. He didn't excuse her sin. He didn't, get, he, he didn't tell her she's, she's, uh, she's okay. It's all right. You don't have to, you don't have to you know, follow what the Bible says. No, he told her she needed to change her life, that she was forgiven, and that she is to go and sin no more. He didn't let it slide, but he did handle it respectfully. Jesus even gave respect to the most disrespectful people on the planet. Tax collectors, they were corrupt. They were in it for themselves. He gave respect towards lepers who were cast out into the outer fringes of of life. He gave respect towards prostitutes. He showed respect to all of them. Why? Because he wanted to bring them to a higher place. He wanted to add value to their life so that they could see really what, what the potentially, how they could live their lives. He wanted to help them see their value and their worth. And that's the way Jesus treated people. And so that's the reality that Jesus Christ, he dwells in us as believers. Does it make sense that I would treat people differently than how Jesus would treat them? It doesn't at all. And again, you, you treating other people with respect is not about who they are. It's about who you are. We love others because God first loved us and that God is love. We are followers of the king, meaning the other people in your relationship, and hear, hear me on this, so many times we, we make excuses for how we behave because of the other person. No other person in your life can keep you from doing what God has called you to do in that relationship. It's about who you are. How many of us have said this in our relationship, no matter what it is, especially in marriage, we say this, you know what, I'll do what God wants me to do when you do what God wants you to do. Well, the reason why I'm acting this way is because you (laughs) acted that way. Well, I'd be nice if you were nice to me, you knucklehead. Or I'll love you when you respect me. Or I'll respect you when you actually love me. And we, and we always are, are hinging our obedience to God based off a human, not based off of who God is. And the, the truth is this, is that we, if we would honor and allow people to, to 
to work their life out while we work our life out and we would all take steps forward in our relationships, there would be a harmonious spirit in our homes that many times isn't there. Now, I know this. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I know that there are biblical and safety reasons for breaking a relationship off, including marriage. But many of us break away from those relationships before we ever do what God has called us to do. Our respect for others reveals that I know God. Number two, why do we show respect? Because the people in our lives were made in the image of God. That's just the truth. Made in the image of God. Genesis 1 talks about God created man in his own image. Hebrews chapter 2, speaking of man, says this, that God made man a little lower than the angels. You crown them with glory and honor. You might be thinking, what do you mean I am an angel? No, you're not. You're, you're a little lower. You're a little lower. It's a little lower. Bible says that God's creation of people, it's, it's his, his, his crown and glory of his creation. God says, I made them. They're special. We were all created by God. That's why we show respect towards other people. And it's much harder for us to be respectful towards people that uh, can't do anything for us. It's really easy to give respect towards people who will help us move up the social ladder. We could take a selfie with them, you know, take a selfie, and, and then we can post it on Facebook and be like, hey, hanging out with so-and-so today. Those are the, those are the people we love to respect but the reality is this, is this that doesn't, that, that's, that's good that you do that, but you don't get any bonus points for that because it's out of selfish motives. It's much harder to be respectful towards people that you think actually are beneath you or below you or lower on your social ladder. But God says, look, they're made in my image. Show them the proper respect. Be respectful to everyone. Now listen. We know this, that respect doesn't mean we agree with, with people's wrong opinions. It doesn't mean that we, that we don't confront them and speak directly to them. It means we hold ourselves, though, in a respectful manner when we encounter them in a way that acknowledges that God lives in us and we're going to, we're going to represent him in the right way as we interact with him. Showing respect doesn't mean you compromise your convictions. It doesn't mean that we don't speak truth. It just means that we're determined to be respectful no matter what, no matter what the other person is doing. Another reason to be respectful is number three, the value of every person is measured by the cross. God sent his son to die for mankind, for that individual that are, that's in our lives and our relationships. First Timothy said that Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all people. All people. That means all people. Revelation says this, that with your blood, speaking of the blood of Jesus, you, Jesus, purchased for God persons from every tribe, every language, and people, and nation. Every person has been covered and bought, that is in Christ, has been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. If Jesus gave his life for a person, your relationship in your life, how many know that they would be then worth respecting as you interact with them? It means he valued their life. 
He saw value in them and he, and he gave something to them. And for many of us, we didn't deserve. But when we saw that God valued us, it, all, it called us to another place that we said, you know what, God, I don't see that in myself. I, I, I see I have this past and I have these mistakes and I have these things I'm working through. But God says, yes, but I gave my son for you. And so we step into God and all of a sudden our nature begins to change. Another reason for handling your relationship with respect is number four. If you give respect, you will receive respect. If you give respect, you will receive respect. You might be thinking, well, Jason, I don't think so. No, you're not around the people I'm around. If I give them respect, there ain't no way they're giving me respect back. Actually, though, it's a biblical principle. If you give respect, you're going to receive respect. Well, how do you know, Jason? Well, listen, look at Galatians chapter 6. It says this, do not be deceived. God cannot. Everybody say cannot. He cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. If you sow respect, you're going to reap respect. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the respect from the person that you're in conflict with. But God will repay you if you choose to be respectful. All that many times we want, okay, fine, I'll treat them with respect, and then you, you better treat them with respect. God said, you, come on, come on, give it to me. That may not be the case, but because God is the God of his word and he will fulfill his promise, he will make sure that as you give respect to people, as you give honor to people, you, that you're planting that in the field. You're planting it in the field of your life. You will begin to reap a crop from what you plant. That's a biblical truth. It's the biblical principle of sowing and reaping. It's this reciprocal law in the universe. Whatever you're planting, you're going to harvest. Listen, I grew up in farming, farming country. I never, we never planted corn and got soybeans. Or we never planted nothing and got corn. What we put in the ground is what you get out of the ground. What you sow is what you will reap. It's a very easy biblical principle. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. You can say it like this. Whatever goes around, comes around. That's just the reality. So here's the point of this. Whatever you need in your life, according to Scripture, give it away. Start to plant it. Start to give it in other people. Start to, start to, to sow it in other things. That's how you get it. If you would like to be respected by people, then you need to give respect for other people. What you give out is what you're going to get back. If you want to be treated graciously by other people, you need to treat people graciously. If you want, listen, if you want people to smile at you, smile at them. If you want people to be impatient and cranky with you, then go right ahead and you be impatient and cranky with him. And I guarantee you, you will get a harvest pretty quick. It's just the truth. Whatever you sow, whatever you plant in the ground of your life, you're going to get back. Think about it. Respectful, courteous, kind people are the most happy people that I'm ever around. When's the last time you met a disrespectful person you thought, you know what, they are so happy. <laughs> you don't. Because they're miserable. They got a chip on their shoulder. They're always miserable. 
And here's the truth. If you want to benefit yourself, Proverbs says this. Those who are kind benefit themselves. Those who are kind benefit. Showing respect and kindness unlocks the door in your life to receive the benefits of God. This is the, this is the truth. What you give out is what you're going to get back. And you'll get back what you give out. So in our relationships, I want to give us some practical keys from Scripture. We've talked about why she would show respect. Now I, want to, I would just want to point out what does respect look like according to the Bible. Number one, this is, this is what respect looks like. Respect is speaking truth at the right time. At the right time. That's what Proverbs 15 says this. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. Look at that. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. So the opposite is this. It's not a wonderful thing to say the right thing at the wrong time or the wrong thing at the right time. There's, there's, there is, there's a law that we can say, listen, it's wonderful to say the right thing, right time, right season. What, what he's talking about here is just this idea, right words, right time, right season. And here's the truth, speaking truth without any regard to the people you're speaking it to. What you're admitting is that it has nothing to do with truth. It has everything to do with you. You're not thinking about, you know what, is this the right time? Is this, is, if you don't think about the person's feelings, their emotions, their situation, what they've been through, it's all about you. It's not about truth. You can hide behind truth, but the fact is it's all about you. Desiring to speak the right thing at the right time means you want to make a point without making an enemy. You consider it. You watch it. You, you test the wind. How are they doing? Is this the right time? Speaking the right thing at the right time is about you holding your tongue even when you know that you're right. This could serve many of us in our marriage relationships. Just shut your mouth. Don't say it. Ah, shh, stop. Don't. Shh, don't say it. Right, right time, right season, right moment. Speaking the truth at the right time is being able to thank someone for being open-minded and listening to you. Even when you, what you really want to say is, you are as stubborn as a King James Version mule. I'm telling you. But you don't say it. Because you're respectful. Some of you are like, I don't get that. You'll get it. If you're going to handle relationships with care, you need to handle them with respect. You're going to have to learn how to say things. You're going to have to learn how, when not to say things. That's the key. All of us want influence with our lives, and I'll tell you this, those who have influence have learned this. They know this principle. You know what? This needs to be corrected, but it's not the right time to correct it. I'm going to wait. I'm going I'm 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 to wait it out. I'm going to use what's called wisdom. We have less influence if we ignore this principle. Yes, Christians are called to be truthful. Because I know there are some of you that, yeah, well, we're called to be truthful. Yes, you are. Just li- You are. But you're also called to use wisdom. 
You can have zeal without wisdom. That brings a disastrous result. The truth is this. We need to speak love. We, get, we need to speak in love. We, we need to speak truth in love. But we still need to speak truth. In our relationships, so many times, we can, we can so champion and highlight truth that we forget we're to speak truth in love. We're to speak truth at the right time. We're to consider the other person. Ephesians 4 says this. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. And that is Christ. That as we do this, as we take steps forward in our relationships, that we would mature as we take some of these steps to handle relationships with wisdom, allow the transformation power of God in our relationships, and to be handling our relationships respectfully. Before before you are direct with someone, before you're going to correct someone, your wife, your husband, your friend, you need to stop and ask yourself this question. Will this get the result that I'm going for? Or is this about me? Or is this about really helping them see the truth? Number two, what does respect look like? Is this, when you don't agree, be kind and gentle still. Be kind and gentle. Colossians 3.12 says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Do you notice how the word of God calls us to a higher standard than the world? Do you notice that? We think it's, it's just about our, our actions and not sinning. Yeah, that's true. But it's also about our attitudes, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And here's the truth. This whole idea of gentleness and kindness, it is not a weakness. It's not a weakness. It's actually a strength. Most people believe it makes us vulnerable, but it really allows, actually, it, it allows your voice to be heard and to cut through the mess of craziness and emotions that you would speak with kindness and gentleness. So this means to be, you need to be persuasive, but you need to be respectful. Today, there's, there are many wrongs that need to be righted in our world, in our churches, in our relationships. There are many people in various bondages that need to be freed, that need to be delivered, that need to be corrected. But remember this, the people that we're working with, they have, they've believed a lie or they've believed, they have wrong beliefs that need to be corrected. And when we're, we are, we're the mouthpiece of God to speak truth into their lives, in the midst of their lies, in the midst of their hostility, in the midst of their own brokenness. And God is looking for a person who's not moved by the craziness of others and who can be respectful and not moved and practice kindness, compassion, humility, gentleness, and patience and let the truth pierce the heart of the individual. God's looking for those people. Number three, what, is, what does respect look like? Well, it means that you do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. This is a big one. Someone does something evil to you. Now, this doesn't mean there isn't justice. This doesn't mean that there aren't channels of justice when, when the law has been broken. That's not what I'm saying. But in a relationship, 
We don't repay evil for evil or insult for insult. Well, Jason, why are you saying that? I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says this in 1 Peter. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Hmm. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. What? I don't want to do that. It's not fair. Why should I do that? Because to this, you were called. You know what they're saying? You aren't like the world. You're different. Your last name's been changed. You aren't who you were. You are who God says that you are. To this, you've been called. Why? But what, why do it, Jason? So that you may inherit a blessing. Oh. I think God is calling us to, a, to another place. The church should not look like the world. Our marriages should not look like the world. How we respond to our kids should not look like the world, we should be different. You'll never make a difference unless you're different. We are on an assignment, my friends, to bring God's kingdom to this earth. You can be the most spiritual person, the most prophetic person. You can know scriptures backwards and forwards, but if your attitude stinks, then you are misrepresenting the nature of the one that you say you serve. Period. If you want your relationships to be healthier, to be stronger, and all of us do, we're to be respectful and honoring. And we will begin to plant a crop that we'll be so thankful to reap from. We'll be able to see things happening in our children's lives that we say that's only by God's grace. And if you want your, the atmosphere of your relationships to change, if you find yourself that you're sharp and you're harsh and, and you just you tell it like it is and you pat yourself on the back for doing that, what you'll find in your life is probably you stir up anger around you. And you will, you will spiritualize that and say, it's, well, you know what, I'm just, I'm just a prophet. That's how I am. Or you'll say, I just, I just speak truth. That's what I do. But actually what you're doing is you're reaping what you're sowing. So Proverbs 15 says this, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Just consider your relationships today. Do you see that anger is loosed in your home or in your relationships or in your, or in your, your friendships within your church? Do you see there's always this angst and anger and chip on the shoulder and you're offended so easily all the time? Well, could it be that your words are harsh? Or what's the solution for creating, for turning wrath away in your home? And creating an atmosphere of grace and kindness and peace and wholeness. Could it be as simple as 
Start learning how to give gentle answers instead of reacting out of harsh words. Your words shape the world around you. They are, they're powerful. Life and death, Bible said, is in the tongue. So many times when we read this, we think stirs up anger. We blame the person in angry, and that's angry. We blame our kids. We blame our spouse. We blame the people at church. We blame our, our colleagues. We blame. I'm not saying they're perfect. What I'm saying is all the time we deflect, we, we deflect everything to other people when really we need to back it up, reverse engineer this anger. Is it coming from harsh words that you've spun out into existence? You've planted in the soil of your life and you're beginning to reap the harvest of that. Could it be? The answer, begin to ask the Lord to heal your heart so that you can give a gentle answer. God's inviting us to make some changes in our lives. Changes. And we come from broken backgrounds and painful situations. And I'm not, I'm not saying none of that matters. I'm saying it's no, it matters a lot. We just need to be honest and say, you know what? I react this way because this because of that because of how I respond there and I, I, I don't want to be a product of my brokenness I want to be a product of my Savior I don't want my identity to be in, in what I do that's unhealthy and, and make excuses for it I want my identity to be that I am fully relying on the grace of God in my life to heal me to restore me that I want to make things right where I've sown bad seed. Here's the deal. You can pull seed back out of the ground. Once you plant it and you realize, oh, man, I just planted this that's stupid. I don't want that. Well, reach in there and jerk it out of there. Go to someone and say, I'm so sorry. I, I responded and just, I'm so sorry. Will you please forgive me? Pull the seed out. And then plant something back in there of respect and honor so that you can, you can sow it. Listen, just this week, listen, I, I, I respond to my family in ways that I'm like, what am I doing? Where's that come from? Just yesterday, I responded to my son in a way that just was not respectful. And I said, Seth, I'm sorry. I should not have said that to you in that tone or in that manner. I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? He's dad, it's okay. And I said, no. and I said, I said, it's not okay. It's not okay. I should not have said it that way. Now tell me you forgive me right now. No, I didn't tell him. <laughs> but that's, that's I, listen, I'm, let me get that seed out of my child and out of my, the field God's given me to plant. Guys, we, we have the opportunity. You, you're not at the mercy to your dysfunction. You can do something about it. And God says that I want to do something about your brokenness, about the way you process, about the pain in your life. God says, I want to help you. All we have to do is admit that we need the help, which is the biggest thing for us. Especially in the church, if we've been walking with the Lord for many years, it's hard to say, you know what, man, I am jacked up. I am messed up. I do have wrong ways of thinking and processing. And, and I am, man, I've been planting seeds of, of ugh, 
What? No wonder this is going on in my home or my family. I planted it. It's time for us to remove some of these seeds. And for some of us, it's time to ask God for a crop failure. I'm being honest with you. It's time for us to say, God, I don't want what I've been planting for years. Oh my gosh, I, how do I get that back? And sometimes you can't do anything about it. You just got to pray and ask God for a crop failure. And by his grace and his mercy, he'll hear you. We have the opportunity to handle our relationships with care so that we can get from them what benefits us and benefits others. Please hear this again. You are not at the mercy of the seeds that you planted 10 years ago. You might be reaping from them, but it's time that you ask God for a crop failure. It's time that you begin making things right. It's time that you start sowing seeds of gentleness in your home so it turns away wrath instead of harsh words that stirs up anger. And God's inviting us to be healthier. And here's the beauty about this whole series. God exposes the things in our lives that need to be transformed and changed. He reminds us of why we respond the way that we do. He shows us the brokenness in our hearts if, we, if we're humble enough to, to let him do it. And then he says, okay, just so you know, you can't do this. I'm going to help you do it. And then by his grace, he walks it out in our lives. That's a good God. And I see before me today, I see lives that are going to be transformed. I see marriages that are going to be made whole. I see families that are going to be restored. I see anger leaving the home. Because you're going to respond to what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you today. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.